0: Welcome to Extra Innings, the Phillies podcast from the Philadelphia Inquirer. I'm Scott Lauber, and we have a special guest this week. Look who's back. (laughs) Is that what I am? I'm a a special guest now? (laughs) A special guest host. Look who's back. Matt Breen is back. (laughs) Welcome back.
1: Glad to be back. Thank you, Scott.
0: Bob Brookover's on vacation. One of these days, the three of us will get back together. But uh, hey,
1: is he on paternity leave or
0: vacation? Oh, Good question. Send him a text. Ask him that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but guess what? Too baseball's back, Matt. They they were just waiting for you to get back. That was all it took to make to to get this thing hammered out.
1: I have to say, I planned it out perfectly. I left, and then once six weeks later, I come back, and, and you here missed, we
0: are. you missed a ginormously ugly labor war in between.
1: So look, yeah, I missed absolutely good for nothing.
0: You. No, you didn't miss anything. But, yeah, baseball's back. It's going to be a 60-game season, regional schedule. So that means a lot of NL East and AL East uh, for the Phillies. Uh, And we'll see how far they can go because hanging over all of this is the coronavirus, which hasn't gone away. It's still here just like it was back in March when spring training uh, got postponed. And it's back in full force, if it ever was not, uh, peaking in states that – Hadn't had their peak yet, and so we'll see how far baseball can get. Matt, what, what I, I guess, kind of as we're uh, almost we're about a week away from the start of spring training part two, um, you know, do you, what what are your sort of overriding thoughts on, you know, what we're about to witness uh, as baseball returns?
1: Yeah, in a like a perfect world, I love a, a sixty game season. I think it'll be fun to watch, um, but. You know, you read that 101-page manual. I read it, and there's just – there's so much that has to go right for this to work, and I'm not confident that it's going to happen. I'm I'm happy to have baseball back. Trust me, I'm excited to get down in the ballpark, excited to, you know, do our jobs, but and excited to watch baseball. But I I just – it just really dampened my enthusiasm when I combed through that manual and I saw that so much – has to go right for this to work and uh, it's going to be interesting to see i just i i don't have high expectations for it
0: yeah i um i read the manual and one of the things i read the 67 page manual when when that one came out uh the final version is 101 pages i thought that the uh i thought that some of the measures in the 67 page manual were pretty severe uh when you talk about players not being allowed to leave the hotel on the road except to go to the ballpark or shower at the ballpark and whatnot. But, you know, in reading it, I was just, I sort of came away thinking, you know, spare me, and I'm going to write this um, in the, in the paper this weekend, you know, spare me all the talk of like an asterisk next to whoever wins the world series this year, because in a lot of ways, um, whoever wins the world series this year will have gone through more than most teams go through in the course of a normal year. Not only are you going to have to defeat your competition, but you got to beat the virus. And Um, You know, it's going to take a lot of discipline on the part of a lot of these teams to to get through it and to get through it intact. How does that team celebrate the World Series? Wow.
1: No high fives, no hugging. No, uh,
0: I assume no champagne.
1: Uh, Yeah, I don't know. They just wave to each other and maybe send a text and a gift. (laughs) sound like a funny gif in their text they, message they I, all I just jump
0: up and down six feet apart from yeah. each other <laughs> uh maybe in the outfield maybe they all run out to the outfield jump up and down i i hadn't even thought of that my thought went immediately to how awkward is the trophy presentation going to be when when rob manford has to you know hand the, the trophy to a bunch of players who pretty much you know can't stand him uh that's going to be must see television
1: yeah, the, this whole thing is just going to be so strange, and I'm I'm just curious to watch and to see what happens. We're going to have you know a lot a lot to talk about, but baseball wise, the schedule uh, we we went through like so many iterations of these schedules over the last few months of what it could be. Now we actually do know who they're going to play, and you know you covered the AL East for a long time. What is what kind of test is, is this going to be for them, you think? I mean, it's a tough schedule.
0: Yeah, it, it's a brutal schedule. Um, you know, I was looking at it yesterday and um, trying to break it down. You know, I think you'd rather be in the central division of either league um, than in the east or west, uh, but especially the east. I mean, we know what the NL East is like. Uh, we know that the reigning World Series champion plays in the NL East, and the Braves, who are two-time you know, defending division champs, ninety plus wins the last two years. They're in the NL East. We know the Mets uh, and the talent that they have on their roster. Um, but you know, now you factor in, and 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 you always play those teams a lot. But now it's forty games against those four teams. That's two thirds of your schedule. Uh, usually, it's about thirty five percent of your schedule. So now it's two thirds, and then the final third is going to be against the AL East. We don't know exactly yet how the breakdown will go, uh, number of games versus each team. But, you know, you look at the teams in that division, and the Yankees won 103 games last year before they signed Garrett Cole. The Rays are always good, and they're really deep. Um, Depth is going to be so critical this year, not just because of the coronavirus, but because of some of the injuries that might spike because we've had this weird hiatus between spring trainings and a very rushed ramp up to the season, the Rays are loaded with pitching always have been. Uh, and then the Red Sox who were, uh, you know, not what they were in 2018, but still not a pushover either. And, and I'll tell you what, the Toronto Blue Jays are a team that's up and coming as well. If you Look at some of the young talent on that team. Uh, they are not going to be an easy team to beat. So, and in a short season, with a lot of young guys, they might think, Hey, we have as much a shot at this as anybody else does. So, you know, yeah, you're going to have the Marlins who gave the Phillies fits last year, and you're going to have the Orioles who are just dreadful. But, you know, if you're in the central, you've got the Royals, the tigers, and the pirates who are all bad and a very flat group at the top. Um, especially in the NL, I think the Cardinals, the Cubs, the Brewers, the Reds, they're all, you know, okay, good, you know, good teams. You don't have a dominant team in that group. Um, I would much rather be in the central. I think the East is going to be just a bear and you don't have expanded playoffs either. So it's going to be the same top five teams in the NL make it. And Phillies are going to have their work cut out for them.
1: You talk about an asterisk. If you win the world series this year, I mean, there is no asterisk if the Phillies make the playoffs. If you know the Phillies make the playoffs, they earn their way there because of you know what you just went through. The NL East is hard enough, but then when you're playing against the AL East, it's it's an incredible schedule. If if they make the playoffs, you know for the first time since 2011, there there's no asterisk or anything like that. It's a legitimate postseason burst. I think
0: that's true. You know, people are going to point to the short season. Um, You know, you make baseballreference.com which we use all the time uh is and and we couldn't do without. Um they have this great feature it's like it's called the streak analyzer and you can you can look at a team's record over any span of any amount of games. I just looked at games 1 through 60 and it's probably not the most scientific way to look at it because I guess I guess you could look at you know you could look at any 60 game stretch during the course of the season and 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 say it's representative of 60 games, but I went one through 60 and, you know, it was something like 72.5% of the teams that wound up making the playoffs over 162 games still would have made it. And that goes back to 2013 when they first went to this 10 team format. You know, I didn't expect the number to be that high. You know, I thought you'd have more fluky outcomes, but yeah, it's actually, I mean, that's not that bad of a,
1: of a percentage. It's not. It, Almost three quarters of the teams, the the right teams,
0: ended up making it after 60 games. You know, and you wouldn't have had the 2019 Nationals who wound up winning it all, and you wouldn't have had the 2018 Dodgers who went to the World Series. But, you know, for the most part, you know, the good teams were the good teams um, 60 games in. And you would have had some flukes too, like last year's Phillies would have made the playoffs after 60 games. And you'll have some flukes now. I mean, some teams are just going to start strong and, uh, and, and, you know, and ride that right into the post season. But I don't, I don't. My argument is that
1: you like in a normal season, the first 60 games, you have games that are played in like freezing cold temperatures in April, you know, just when like, True. there's just not the, the passion might, might not be there the day to day. It's kind of like you're just getting through the walls of the early part of the season. But now you're throwing yourself into the end of a pennant race, right. so I think the the, the cream is going to rise, and maybe and yeah, you're going to have the right teams to make it because every game is going to be you know intense as all hell. It's there's no not you're going to be just going through the motions early in the season.
0: Yeah, you know you're right about weather early in the season playing a factor in the first sixty games. Uh, you know maybe maybe the more maybe the better way I should have done it was to look at like games, um, you know eighty to. 140 or something like that, you know, you know, that, that kind of, I think you did it the right way, but then you're talking about teams that have had 80 games, you know, to kind of find their footing
1: Um, and teams that lose guys to injuries and trade. I I think the way you looked at it was the best way you
0: can do it. Well, you know, I just think that teams are going to have these this three week ramp up and then they're going to have to hit the ground running and, you know, we'll see how that goes. Um, You know, as I said, I think for some teams, you know, you start out, start out two and eight, and you're not going to recover from that in a 60 game season. So uh, it's going to be so important to just get out of the gate strong. Maybe the Phillies get, who knows, maybe they get the Marlins and and Orioles right out of the gate and, you know, they can, they can start off hot, but um, you know, it's going to be so critical I think to, to have that happen. And also you just sort of think about how the season might, might unfold. You know, if we're going to have a spike in injuries, if we're going to have COVID cases that take players off the field, you know, maybe those first 10 or 15 games are when you have your best chance to have your your full team there. And if you can, you know, get off to that good start, maybe you could weather um, whatever might be coming your way later on.
1: That's true. And it, we talk about
0: we we don't know what the roster is going to look like yet,
1: but it'll be 30 players on opening day. Are Spencer Howard and Alec Bone both on that roster?
0: They should be. I mean, you, you wrote about this the other day, and I mean, and we're talking about how important it is to get off to a good start and more important than ever, maybe to get off to a good start. Don't you want your 30 best players there? And I think it's, it's hard to argue, even though neither of them have done a single thing in the major leagues yet in their careers, it's hard to argue that if you were listing uh, one through 30, the Phillies best players, that both of them are not on that list. So I would do everything I could. And I know there are going to be service time uh, issues related to this. Do you want to start their clock or do you want to preserve an extra year? How badly do you want to win this year? I mean, I think that's the question you have to ask yourself. And, um, you know, I think if you if you, if you you want to win and if you believe that uh, Major League Baseball is going to be able to get through this season and get to the playoffs, they have to be on your opening day roster.
1: And also – they're both going to be 24, you know, in by, by August. So I, I don't understand why you're manipulating, like the service time of a 24 year old. No, I, it, you know, don't. This is when you want him. I agree. When I agree. he's 24, you don't like. You're okay. You bought an extra year when he's 30 or 31. Great job. Right. you you're you're, you're wasting the prime of his life because you don't want to have him on your roster. And if if I remember correctly, this was – it's time to win, right? Yeah. So if it's time to win and these guys aren't on your roster, that's just another huge problem with baseball, that you're, you have a 60-game schedule, it's all-out sprint, and if your two top prospects who are major league ready at positions of need aren't on the team because you want to manipulate their service time, then, you know,
0: add that to the list. That's a really interesting um... – facet to this whole thing um I'm sure if Joe Girardi were told hey we're gonna put we're gonna activate you know we're gonna put Alec Bohm and Spencer Howard on the 40-man roster you're gonna have them on opening day I'm sure he's not going to object to that because I know he knows how talented they are and I know he believes that they can both help his his club but you have a general manager um in Matt Klintak who you know I don't think it's fair to say, like, if the Phillies don't make the playoffs in this shortened season, he's going to lose his job because there are going to be so many factors that could contribute to why they might not make it. Um, but, you know, he's the one who said it's time to win. We, we were talking about back in February when the world was different, that he, he was on the hot seat, that if they didn't make the playoffs, he was probably not going to be around um, beyond this year. So let's operate under that. Way of thinking, he would have uh, he would have no um, he would have no reason to be thinking of you know about service time in six years. Uh, he should want to win now as well. So, um, yeah. if the general manager feels any urgency, uh, the manager's not going to object, I'm sure, to having guys like that. Uh, then i th- I think they should be here. and And let's be clear, I think they both have roles to play from day one. Uh, with DH Alec Boehm can get a lot of at bats this season. Uh, Spencer Howard uh, throw out the concerns about his his workload it's a 60 game season if he's in the rotation he makes 12 starts uh, if he averages five innings a start that's 60 innings um, you know that's well within his capacity to do so uh, you know and uh, I, I was talking to Brian Price this was a few weeks ago and we were talking about how to get you know, how how his what his advice has been to pitchers for how to stay ready and get ready. And and he sort of turned it around um, into a way of thinking that I hadn't been in yet. He said, like, I'm no longer concerned about these guys working too hard this year. I'm more concerned about them not working enough this year so that when 2021 rolls around, they're ready to go. And a guy like Spencer Howard is absolutely in that group that you'd worry about because now he goes from throwing 99 innings a year ago to however many he can throw in this, in this shortened season, you know, he's going to have a very, very small load of, of, of innings going into 2021 and you want him to be ready in 2021. So I think there's a many reasons to get him out there from day one. That's a great point. You, you manipulate his service time. Now he ends up throwing
1: 50 innings yeah in 2020 and then 2021 he's he's you know you're you're capping them at 100 again and you're chasing that forever you're chasing your tail so i'm gonna make a guarantee my prediction here i think the phillies do the right thing and both of these guys are on the roster
0: when the season starts i hope so i mean number one i'd like to watch them play um same you know, I think the season's more exciting if you have those two guys on the roster from day one. And number two, I just think they they help the Phillies. They give them a better chance to win. And uh, you know, I, I think that they can both help. Um, you know, in a normal year, uh, July uh, 27th or whatever it is that season's going to start, uh, 24th, whatever it's going to be, um, we you would have hoped that both of them would have been in the big leagues by now. So why not just do it? You know, roll them out there, let them go. You know, I think it's the year to do that. Um, interesting um, thing that comes up on Friday: uh, yes. rosters. Rosters will are uh, there will no longer be a freeze on transactions, which means that in theory, are they thawing out right now? What's that? Are they thawing out now? Or are they, thawing <laughs> they are. They're, they're <laughs> they, they've taken them out. They're on the counter. They're defrosting. <laughs> Okay. about to throw him back on the grill <laughs> they are uh they so in theory, then the Phillies could pick up negotiations with j t real muto well uh, do we think that's gonna happen?
1: I'm sure there will be uh contact made because because I think you you need to, but i I don't see why like the Phillies would rush into a contract with him because like three months ago in spring training, JT, the argument was, well, Real Muto can wait to free agency because he's going to have all these suitors and he's going to be able to drive up the price when he gets to free agency. But now the Phillies can just wait. They don't know what, what the price is because the price is way different than it would have been last year. Like if JT Real Muto was a free agent after the 19 season, I think he would make a lot more money than he would after the 20 season because of the pandemic. And then... You don't know what the market is, right? What team, what teams are going to be able to afford a big time free agent this winter? What teams aren't, what teams are going to be affected by the pandemic and what teams aren't. I think the Phillies have a, you know, pretty good ownership group that I I don't think is, I think they're going to be able to continue to, you know, spend on someone like JT Romuto, but I just don't see why the urgency is right now to to get it done in in three days.
0: yeah here's, here's how i I've thought about this a little bit uh, over the last few days, and here's how I come to it. Um, before COVID-19, before the coronavirus, we we all know what the price of gas was, right? Generally speaking, you know what it would cost to fill fill your gas tank. Well, since coronavirus, no one's been driving as much. So the price of gas has gone way, way down. (laughs) So if you drive into the gas station and they want to sell you gas at the pre-coronavirus prices, why would you pay that? I mean, eventually the gas, the price of gas will probably go up again, but it's not going up anytime soon. And so if you're the Phillies, like, you know, the numbers that JT was looking at going into this, the year, he, he was thinking about the Goldschmidt contract and, um, and the and the uh, and the joe mauer contract which was a record for catchers and those were numbers he had his sights set on and if you were the phillies you were probably like okay look we're probably going to have to get to that that level at some point so if you talk to him now and they're still looking at those numbers why would you pay that price because it's not there right now like if the, if he were to enter the free agent market right now he's not going to make what he was going to make before coronavirus we know that we don't we don't know how much lower it's going to go but it's going to be lower so why would you pay the pre coronavirus virus price for JT Realmuto if you can get him for less now it's it's not a reflection on him as a player it's just bad timing i mean it's the worst possible year to be becoming a free agent and so the phillies should have more leverage than they've ever had before when it comes to this thing, if they, you know, and worse comes to worse, you let them get into free agency. And if it turns out that the price of gas has gone back up, you pay the price, you know? So I I put it this way. It's not going to go up any more than the numbers looking at before. So that's kind of how I look at it. I mean, I agree with you. I think they'll make contact. I think that they'll, um, you know, they'll have conversations, but you know, if either side has a reason to get it done, it's JT's side, not the Phillies' side.
1: Yep. And which is funny, just said, you know, how much has changed in a few months where JT was, you know, the one that would wait, be willing to wait. But now if I'm JT or Omuto, I don't know. You don't know what the market's going to look like this winter. You you might just want to take the offer, if if there is an offer, and just to take it
0: now and get it over with. Right. And the Phillies are bidding it only against themselves at this point yep. anyway. So. You know, if you if you were going to get to the Goldschmidt-Mauer uh, figures, you weren't going to get there most likely until after the season anyway. So you're certainly not going to go there now. Um, and, you know, I mean, you kind of got to let the market unfold and set itself before you know. I mean, I have no idea, um, you know, if Mookie Betts was going to make close to $400 million before this, I don't know what he's going to make now. I don't know what JT was going to make before, and I certainly don't know you know, what the free agent market's going to bear now. So, I mean, I think it's probably a wait and see at this point. And, and if I had to handicap it, I'd put the odds of them making a deal of being pretty low unless JT wants to just take what he can get. And
1: let's, let's wrap this up. We did get a question today on Twitter. It wasn't just a question. It wasn't a question for the podcast, but once I read it, I was like, you know what, we're recording a podcast today. I thought it was a great question. Um, Talked. I wrote about the Phillies bullpen this morning, and somebody responded. His name's Crim, C-R-Y-M. I don't know if that's a last name or if that's just like an acronym. And, you know, talking about the bullpen and what pitcher that has never thrown a pitch in Major League Baseball do you think will have the biggest impact this year for the Phillies?
0: On the bullpen. Right in, On
1: the bullpen. Right. And, and my, yeah, so I, I left, and maybe Spencer Howard's pitching the bullpen, but I think it's, keep it to pitchers that you ex- that are trad- like are going to be in the bullpen, not right. not Spencer Howard who might be piggybacking or something like that. And I might just – God, I went Damon Jones just because of how much positivity there was about Damon Jones going back to last year. It seems like he's the name that always comes up, and I think he's ready. And I think he, he has a chance. There's going to be expanded bullpen with this 30-man roster. So, I think he'll be on the opening day roster. And, you know, I just think that kid – has high strikeout numbers in triple a just, I mean, in the minor leagues, just like a lot of these guys do. And he's left-handed that helps. And that, that's who off the top of my head. That's who I came up with.
0: I think that, I think that's the answer. I mean, what's the story that, that Tommy Hunter tells, right? That um, he went down. uh, That's right. I guess it was Lehigh or, or I think it was Lehigh Valley last year for a rehab uh, appearance. And uh, he saw Damon Jones warming up in the bullpen. And he said, dude, that looks exactly like Andrew Miller. And, you know, from the left side, big, tall, thin, um, you know, throws across his body a little bit. Y- you can sort of see where, where he was coming from there. And uh, when I, I asked Damon Jones about it back in, I think, January, God, that feels like forever ago. And, and he said, you know, yeah, you know, he remembers Hunter saying that. And obviously it was really flattering. And, and you could sort of see how, um, how he would project like that. Uh, I'm I'm going to throw out another name. I think Connor Brogden has a chance to to throw some uh, meaningful innings this year for the Phillies. Uh, again, a guy with like big, big strikeout numbers and you know not as much chatter uh, in spring training about him as there was about Damon Jones, uh, who Joe already mentioned a few times. But um, Brogden was a guy. I mean, Nick Pavetta gave him some credit for for helping him or for for um, kind of showing him I believe it was the change up um, a little bit more um, about you know how he gripped his and whatnot and uh, he's a kid who has some ability as you said expanded bullpens Um, there are going to be a lot of even if he's even if he's not on the roster when it starts he's going to be on it at some point this year so you know that's a guy whose name I would keep in the back of my mind because I think he's going to have something to say at some point this year.
1: And that's the thing, how important the bullpen is. I think you're going to find if it's a successful bullpen, I think it's going to be because of Connor Brogdon, Damon Jones and names like that, that make their
0: debuts this year and and really latch on. I agree with that. And and you're going to, you know, you're going to see you're going to see that. I mean, I think I really do believe that you're going to see the teams that are the deepest, especially in pitching um really do do as well do do the best this year because it's going to all be all be about plugging you know plug and play it's sort of like well so and so went down for whatever reason whether it was an injury whether it was coronavirus and he has to be quarantined for a week or two um you know you're going to have guys going down a lot um and so it's going to be about hey who can we plug into that spot and and really um maybe not lose as much, you know, not lose as much with that guy as we would with, with, you know, another organization that doesn't have that depth. I really don't know if the Phillies have enough. I don't, I, I'm skeptical of their pitching depth. I was skeptical of it going into a normal season. So I'm certainly skeptical of it now. Uh, But, you know, I also don't know what everyone else has, um, you know, how top heavy their rosters are. So it'll be interesting to see. We're going to see names and hear names that, that we, we didn't expect uh faster than faster than um we could have imagined.
1: It's gonna be fun. I'm I'm just I'm glad that baseball is back and now you know we'll, me too. we'll see what happens.
0: I'm glad I don't have to type pro rated <laughs> <Yeah>. anymore. <laughs> is it pro or pro Well it's both. Uh yeah. I've yeah. never heard like, of pro-rata think, Rata before. Yeah no me neither. I I think uh I don't know. I, I've used them interchangeably. I probably used yeah. them incorrectly. Um it's both though. I think they both they're they mean different. They mean the same thing. One's like, it makes you sound smarter. It's like
1: coronavirus and COVID-19. Exactly.
0: Exactly. So, uh, I think one's an (laughs) adjective and one's a noun. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. We don't, I don't have to (laughs) write it anymore. I'm thrilled. (laughs) All right. So I think the next time we do this, we'll have actual uh, players on the field and that'll be a great thing. So, um, in the meantime, we're going to have a whole lot of Phillies content at inquire.com and in the pages of the Philadelphia Inquirer. So for Matt Breen, for vacationing Bob Brookover, I'm Scott Lauber. See you next time.